Alrighty guys, welcome back to Evolution and Integration. I'm Makarbowski and today we are going to be talking about uh, one of the six foundational principles that is nutrition. Uh, how I apply it in my own life, my general philosophy around nutrition, and how you can optimize your own nutrition. So this comes from the idea that uh, I learned through Paul Check through the Czech Institute. It's not something new. Um, but there are these six foundational principles, movement, uh, effective thinking and thoughts, breath, nutrition, sleep, and hydration. Today, we're going to be talking about nutrition and how you can um, you know, make it your own, how you can uh, use nutrition to reach your goals of a healthy and happy life and whatever that means to you. Uh, we're going to be diving in a lot of what I, what, you know, my own opinions on the things. I'm not God, but um, I do know a decent amount of stuff about it. So I know you'll learn something. I know you're going to gain something from this. Um, yeah, so let's go in on this. So my general philosophy around nutrition is that you want to maximize the nutrients that you bring in while also maximizing your satiety. Uh, satiety is a term for uh, like how full a food makes you, like the opposite of hunger, right? So if you eat a food and it doesn't make you hungry for a while, that's very satiating, right? Um, satiety is high for that. Um, so high nutrient density, high nutrients. Uh, I'll get into kind of the difference there and why I even said the two different things high satiety levels, and then also minimizing um, all the toxins, junk, and excess calories that comes with processed food, okay? If you just followed that, you would probably reach all your diet goals. Now, it's a lot more complicated than that. It is a lot more complicated than um, calories in and calories out. This is this funny kind of like esoteric debate that goes on in the nutrition space of like, oh, yeah, calories in, calories out, thermodynamics, you can't compost all of that. Um, you know, we get like the Lane Norton types and my boss, Brian Sanders, who is a big anti-calories in, calories out guy. Um, and I tend to agree with Brian on this. Um, it's like if someone comes to a financial investor and he's like, hey, man, I really want to save some money. How do I do it? And the guy's like, well, listen, all right. You need to spend less than you're making, and you will eventually have more money. And the guy will be like, well, no fucking duh, bro. Like, thanks for telling me something I already knew, but how do I do it? Right? It's the same thing with calories. It's like, oh, yeah, eat less than you actually expend. Uh, more, more, uh, less calories in, more calories out. You'll lose weight. It's like, cool, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that because – uh, most people don't do well with that advice. I was about to say most people are overweight, but that's not true. Um, I believe a figure I saw, there's only like 15% of people are metabolically healthy, right? So I think that's, yeah, 60% are overweight, 20% are underweight, or maybe maybe 65% are overweight and 20% are overweight or underweight. Um, besides the point, it's not working out, people. So, uh, Back to my general, you know, on this. Um, whole foods, number one, is key. Um, I'm going to talk about animal foods, plant foods, the differences between there. 
But ultimately what this comes down to and why my general philosophy is maximize nutrient density and satiety while limiting processed garbage. Okay, let's dive into each of those key things so that you understand that. Um, maximize nutrient density. Nutrient density is uh, the density of nutrients that are in a given food. Essentially, how many nutrients are in a given food, whether that's per grams or uh, per calories. Um, both are important when looking at foods. Um, reason being, um, I have this cool chart that uh, I can, I'll, I'll post on my Instagram after this, and I did in a reel a while ago, that shows the nutrient density of different, different foods in the six key micronutrients and minerals that um, are most commonly lacking or people are most deficient in, rather, worldwide. Um, I think it's zinc, folate, B12, calcium. There's some other ones in there. Um, iron. And the highest ones on that list are the ones that have the most nutrients in it with the least amount of calories or grams. And that's really important because if we were to match up 100 grams of zinc, okay, you could eat some vegetables. I don't even know what vegetables have a lot of zinc in it. You could eat some vegetables that say they have a lot of zinc, but you also have to eat like 15 ounces of them, a pound of cabbage, we'll say, right? Like that's a lot of freaking cabbage, right? And then how many calories is that? And you're not just going to eat raw cabbage. You're probably going to dress it up with some oils or some other spices and things like that. Well, how many calories does that add to it, right? Uh, and then you get into the ideas of like um, that I'll talk about later and in, in, um, different defense chemicals and how that inhibits nutrient absorption. Okay, back to nutrient density. Uh, because nutrients, our digestion is very, um, number one, it's very individualistic, meaning not all humans are the same with their digestibility. Um, and like my genes go one way, but also the environment and how I'm living my life also, also affects it in the food I eat. So with this nutrient density idea, right, prioritizing the foods that have the most nutrients is going to get you the best bang for your buck. And there's like, okay, let's just go on animal protein versus plant protein. This is a very simple one. If you eat 30 grams of protein from like a pea protein, even that's going to be really high because it's very, very processed. And I'm kind of picking and choosing. I'm giving the plant protein people like a one-up with pea protein. Because if I were to talk about peas, like legit peas, it would be so much lower. Uh, but their score, um, there's a there's a amino acid like digestibility score. I can't remember the actual acronym for it, but it's very readily available. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you research it. They essentially just score like, hey, if you eat 30 grams of protein of whey protein versus steak versus pea protein versus peas, how many how much of that protein actually gets into the body and the bloodstream? Ding 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 ding. No surprise there. The animal protein and especially the whey protein isolate um, gets in so much more than the plant-based proteins. That means they are more bioavailable. They are available for the biological systems of your body to um, take them in and integrate them. Okay, um, plants are not close at all. They're probably, I think, um, if I go back to my biology days, like animals and plants are the furthest thing from each other. Like we are not alike in any ways. And that goes straight down to the cellular level and 
our bodies have to work really hard to convert um, like analogs, um, similar looking molecules into ones for us. For instance, um, there is this, this funny, well, it's not funny. It's not funny. It really isn't funny. Um, vitamin A. So uh, there is a plant compound that looks a lot like vitamin A and that we can turn into vitamin A called beta carotene. Um, and God, I'm not a molecular scientist, but I know the general gist of this. Uh, so smite me if I mess up a few words. Um, we don't, and most humans don't convert beta carotene to retinol, which is the active form of vitamin A. If you eat um, some beef liver, right? Very nutrient dense in vitamin A, um, as are other animal foods. Um, organ foods specifically, you are going to get tons of vitamin A in the active form of retinol that our body can use. If you eat a ton of carrots or sweet potatoes, yeah, you might get a lot of vitamin, if you see my fingers, I'm quoting, quote vitamin A, but what they don't tell you, it's in, they're carotenoids. They are not retinol, okay? That is like, it, it, it's saying, look, these things will become vitamin A, but what they don't tell you is that you only convert like three, I think 10% is the absolute max. I think it's more like three to 5% that you convert over. So if you eat 100 grams of those of that 100 units of vitamin A, you're really only getting 10 at the absolute max. And then you have to actually use resources, valuable minerals, cations, um, chemical compounds in your body to convert that carotenoids into retinol. And a lot of people actually avoid carotenoids because they don't convert them that well and it causes them harm. Okay, uh, this goes on for almost every single type of vitamin. Plants, other than like vitamin C, I, I think that I think that we did a really, I think that we did a really big injustice when we started calling vitamins vitamins. Uh, number one, that aspect right there of like calling something vitamin A when it's not really vitamin A. Right, it's a it's an analog of vitamin A. If we called it carotenoids and retinol, we wouldn't think that the vitamin A is the same in both, right? Um, and the same with like vitamin D. Like vitamin D is a hormone. It is so important for your body, and we kind of view it as the same thing of these other things. Like vitamin D is so important for your immune system. Um, and yeah, I mean your immune system regulates almost everything. It is a signaler molecule. It's a lot of stuff. So hold on, tea break. Sorry, guys, and I hate editing, so I'm not going to edit this out. Um, I just need my caffeine. My plant, plant chemicals. Okay. So, um, yes, nutrients are very different. Uh, and animal ones are just better. Sorry, folks. Uh, you know, I'm definitely a little biased because I definitely thrive on a more animal, um, animal-rich diet. Not to say that I have one of my good friends, Nick Cool who cannot eat like me. Um, if you looked at us on the outside and even our genes, I think our genes are pretty similar, but he has to eat a lot. He thrives on a lot more fiber. That's cool, man. But he also doesn't avoid animal foods. Like the dude loves steak and animal foods and they make up a good amount of his diet, but he just has to have the other stuff in there or it won't regulate him well, okay? Nothing against that. I have something against people when you try to tell me that number one, the meat is unhealthy for me, right? And you try to like gaslight people and tell other people not to eat meat because it's unhealthy. Listen, if you want to tell people that you don't eat meat because you don't like it, cool. If you want to tell people you don't eat meat or that you, like meat eating is, 
that you don't eat meat because it tastes bad, cool. I think you're wrong. Maybe just maybe you just go to like Outback Steakhouse and order a well done steak. You're making a wrong decision there. You know. Okay. Besides the point. Um, I don't have an issue with people being like, "Oh, I don't want to kill animals." You know, that's a different conversation. It's like, well, I mean, do you do you not understand that when you eat all your plants, like you're killing rabbits and bunnies and snakes and insects and birds and all these other animals with monocropping and spraying crops and like you literally they physically kill animals when they harvest the crops oh oh but like so you killed five bunny rabbits but i can't kill like a one one hundredth of an, a cow right um, you know besides the point but like that's truly like my thoughts on it like i'm really not killing that many animals by eating a ton of meat it's like one cow a year i kill if we do the math um okay so <laughs> back to it so um yeah, it says animal versus plant foods. And these defense chemicals are something that's getting a lot more popularity with Paul Saladino and the like, um, Stephen Gundry and you know, all these maybe animal-based people. Talking about these defense chemicals like phytic acid, oxalates, um, lectins, and gluten. And what this is, guys, is plants, number one, have been have been a little bit ahead of us in defense or a little bit ahead of us in evolution for like billions and billions of years. Okay. And this is, this is how I kind of think about it. And I, you know, I have a very dense background in evolution and biology. Um, so I'm not wrong with this. They don't, I don't necessarily think that they give a shit about animals as much as they do like insects and smaller animals that actually like prey on them. Right. Um, you could make the you could make the argument for like plains animals and big like zebras eating a bunch of grass. Cool, cool, fair enough. Um, but they produce chemicals to irritate, to discourage things from eating them because that's they don't give a shit about us. All they want is for them to grow and reproduce. Okay, so they put out defense chemicals, especially in their very important parts of them, um, like seeds, like stems, like roots. Okay. And those are the things that we eat, okay? Um, a big one is phytic acid. This is this chemical that's in a lot of grains and nuts and seeds. And it vastly, vastly inhibits our ability to uh, absorb cations um, like magnesium, calcium. Um, there's a few other ones. And iron, right? And zinc. Yeah, fair enough. All these cations, right? Um, if you took chemical, if you took chemistry, you know what I'm talking about, the little plus on them, right, on the left side of the periodic table. Um, and we are very mineral deficient in a lot of these, and it wrecks havoc on people when you're deficient in these because they are the building blocks of cells, and your body uses them as resources to run metabolic processes. Okay, so what do I mean by this? Okay, so there's this really cool graph. Again, I can post this on my Instagram. But if you go on at food.lies, L-I-E-S, this is Brian Sanders page. I know he posted about this um, couple weeks ago so probably around like the beginning of june uh of a study it's essentially a graph showing okay when people eat oysters how much do their blood levels of zinc go up if you're watching me the, let's say you just eat the oysters right it might go from zero to ten back down to zero right okay cool you got 10 amounts of zinc in your blood if you eat it with a little bit of corn it goes up to like four same amount of oysters Okay, and then if you eat it with a decent amount of corn, it like goes up to one and down. So what's going on there? There, there is this plant defense chemical that is naturally occurring in the plant. Okay, that is causing our ability 
to not be able to, uh, you know, take that zinc into our body. Okay, it is called phytic, phytic acid, phytic acid, P-H-Y-T-I-C acid. Um, and it's inhibiting your body's natural ability to absorb that, that zinc. And if you're eating it all, I mean, think like it's like in typical grains and corns and nuts and seeds. How often are you eating those? God, I, you know, I eat those like every meal. Cool. Well, you're inhibiting your body's ability to, to take in those nutrients every single time you do it. It's causing leaky gut. It's, it could be messing up your microbiome really bad stuff. Uh, there's other things like oxalates, which are in these like leafy greens and other different types of foods that people are really sensitive to. Um, it can build up kidney stones. It can um, build up crystals in your joints, really nasty stuff. And um, yeah, people just take oxalate bombs when they eat all this kale and these spinach and all this stuff. And then there's the very famous, the Kim Kardashian of lectins. There's gluten. Um, this absolutely affects your, your intestinal walls. And it affects people really differently. Um, to say that you don't have celiac disease, so you're good, is like there's a spectrum of gluten sensitivity from zero to hundred. And the only way they the only way they classify you as having celiac is by being like ninety five and above. So you could be at eighty five and they won't classify you as celiac. Okay. Um it affects people in different ways. Um and listen, I'm not here to say that I'm not here to say that you shouldn't be able to eat that stuff, but just understand just to educate people that hey veggies aren't this like especially vegetables fruit is a different story because fruit is ripe fruit okay we all understand that unripe fruit is bad it tastes awful it's bitter that's kind of like um uh, our body's bitter bitter taste is like our body's natural like hey something is wrong with this food do not eat it um same with like rotten food as well but most of us like ultimately know that like we know rotten food's really bad um okay fruit fruit is good um it definitely still has some plant defense things but it is the fruit will take down the defense chemicals in there just at the right time when it becomes ripe to encourage animals and insects and bugs and birds or whatever to take their seeds and reproduce them right it is them being smart all right they outsmarted us look hey here's this yummy delicious fruit for you to take in good poop my seeds out somewhere I just used you, right? Um, somebody was just a little bit there. Okay, and then there's also this really interesting concept, and this is my last one on the plant foods, and then we can get on to like actually food and what I eat. Uh, there's this con- there's this idea of like antioxidants in food, and it's really interesting. I read The Carnivore Code by Paul Saladino um, and listened to many, many talks around this, this subject, but like there is a lot of studies to counteract the idea that plants are great for people. It's more so like it's pretty up in the air and maybe it seems like it's very individualistic on it, right? Um, a big a big one that people cite is, number one, a lot of nutrition research is really weird because it's all epidemiology, okay? Don't take nutrition research unless you understand research or you're looking into the sub the ideas because not many of them are randomized controls trials and it's just like there a lot of science and nutrition research goes off of like food questionnaires so like how much food did you eat then you know it's all kind of like they're questionnaires right it's not like actually what's going on um so there's definitely some user error there but there's this thing called healthy user bias and i find this very interesting so if you do nutrition research in western countries like the united states and europe where 
it is generally considered like meat is bad, uh, meat causes cancer, meat is bet worse than smoking, um, avoid animal fats, eat your grains, you know, get your four cups of grains every day, tons of veggies, avoid um, milk, right? If you do epidemiological studies, it tends to show that vegetarians and vegan, maybe not vegans, vegetarians live longer than meat eaters. People are like, wow, okay, so maybe we should be vegetarian. We have better health outcomes, less cardiovascular disease, blah, 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 blah. And I, I still think it's up in the air even on that aspect. Not not all of them agree, and a lot of um, studies like the – a lot of organizations like the WHO and like Harvard Health, Harvard Nutrition rather, um, they tend to cherry pick some stuff as, as do people on the other side of things. But, you know, let's just be open and honest about that. But if you do those same studies, which are they're done, they're 100% done. This is part of the cherry picking I'm talking about. In Eastern countries, and what I mean by Eastern is like Eastern Asia, uh, Japan, um, Japan, China, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong, um, you get different results. Okay, so if we take all these kind of risk factors and we say, okay, well, which people tend to get the least? It's the meat eaters. It's the people that eat the most meat that get the least okay so what's going on here is it a difference in human biology yeah it could be playing into that but what generally is accepted as the reason why is this thing called healthy user bias which states that if you are a vegetarian in the united states you tend to do there's a bias there because you do a lot of other healthy things you tend to get more sunlight you tend to go to more yoga classes you tend to exercise more you tend not to smoke you tend to be wealthier you tend to have better relationships right it's it's like something healthy people do so healthy people are more vegetarian so if you get a list of vegetarians they're gonna be healthier than the average person irregardless of the diet and the same goes for people in the eastern countries people that eat meat and eat meat is seen as like a wealth it's seen as like a um it's seen as like a a health status like if you're poor you eat the you don't eat meat and if you're like trying to be affluent and show off your 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 pride and or, or just trying to be healthy right you eat the meat because that's the healthiest stuff and if you go to like these eastern countries like it's all they care about is meat it's just like meat everywhere fish uh, sushi sushi heavy in, in fish um, steak tartare um, organ meats all the stuff nose to tail stuff too um and so, yeah, so it's just interesting. Another thing about the plant and the animals, wow, I really got into this, is there's, I'll be short with this, is this this concept of antioxidants. Like, oh, plants are full of antioxidants. I don't necessarily think that that's true, and it's not true. So what happens is they do this study. So you eat a bunch of these plant molecules, we'll say blueberries. I, I, fruit is a little bit different. I, I think they have different. And again, it's like, oh, it's antioxidants. It's like, dude, there's so many different types of antioxidants. Like, which one are you talking about? What kind of effects does it have on the body? On the body? Um, so some of these studies with plant antioxidants, what they do is they eat the food and then they measure your body's levels of glutathione. Glutathione is your body's natural and most potent antioxidant. Um, what does antioxidant mean? Uh, oxidation is kind of like stress on our body. It's how our body exhibits stress. So over time, we get tons of oxidation. Um, if you smoke, you get tons of oxidation. If you eat inflammatory foods, you get tons of oxidation. Um, and glutathione can work as an antioxidant to kind of lessen the load um, and, and get rid of that inflammation. Okay. Um, 
So you eat a bunch of vegetables and your glutathione goes up. And they're like, look at this. It has so many antioxidants in it. The vegetables are doing such a good job. Okay. But they don't tell you the full story. Or maybe they're, maybe they're just like not looking into it. Um, but what goes on is the plant chemicals, these, these defense chemicals, actually go in and have negative effects on the body. And what does your body do? It says, whoa, look at all this inflammation going on. We need to produce glutathione because we have to get rid of this inflammation. So your glutathione goes up. And they're like, look, oh, my God, it's the good stuff. Right? I like it and I always use this example. It's like that's like cheering on the firefighter. When, like if firefighters show up at your house, you're like, oh, my God, thank God the firefighters are here. And you're like, woo. And they're like, hey, yo, there's a fire going on. Stop cheering. Right? Like, I know you're happy to see us. Like, we're good people. But, like, why is there a fire in your living room every day? Like, stop lighting the fire. Like, <laughs> we don't need to be here. <laughs> okay? And you can – so it's like it's like uh, taking one step forward but to take two steps back. So you're down in a negative. Take one step forward to take two steps back. And, again, the plant defense chemicals affect everybody differently. But why do you need to take those steps backward? When you can just produce glutathione in other ways, you can avoid that damage. Uh, and there's definitely something to be said about chemical hormesis. So hormesis is the idea of putting stress on the body. That stress, then you get stronger afterwards. We do this with weightlifting. That's a type of hormesis. You do this with um, sauna, cold plunge, right? Um, you can do chemical hormesis too. Like if you put a little bit, it's a homeopathic idea. Um, you, if you put a little bit of a kind of a stress, could be in plant compounds in the body, then you come back stronger. But it's like some people are affected a ton by that and no one really knows the exact dosage and it might change based on your stress level. So that is animal and plant foods. Okay. Let's get into, um, and if you're interested in learning more about this stuff, um, feel free to just ask me questions on it specifically and I can do a little cute little TikTok and answer your questions. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. So what do I, let's get a break for some tea, some plant compounds like caffeine, Okay. Okay. Again, caffeine is a plant defense chemical. It makes bugs that like when the bugs eat the caffeine, they, they they go crazy and they don't know where they're going and they forget where they're going and then they stop going to the plant. Okay. And we're just like, whoa, if we just like brew this up, put in water, like it makes us more productive, right? Could have some negative effects long-term, but Hey, um, it doesn't affect me. Um, I get off of it a little bit every once in a while, sometimes, we don't have to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what do I eat? Number one, I'm going to be open and honest, guys. I am not perfect. Okay, I follow the 80-20 rule. 20% of my diet is kind of shit. Um, you know, I'm trying to be better with it. I am getting better with it. And, you know, I can't be perfect all the time. So what do I snack on? Uh, Trader Joe's ice cream cones. If you've never had them before, I was not introduced to Trader Joe's or the, 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 I knew what Trader Joe's was, but I didn't know how amazing it was until I moved to Charleston and I had one near me because in Pittsburgh, we don't have one near us. There's one in like the South Hills is like the closest one, which if you're from where I'm from, it's far away. Um, yeah. So ice cream cones, delicious. Uh, I love bread on sour or butter on sourdough, um, which you know, isn't necessarily the worst thing if, if, if you're doing around exercise, but still not the best. Yeah. Um, tortilla chips and pimento cheese 
fire. If you don't know what pimento cheese is, get some ASAP. Um, and Chinese food is, I, I just love it. All that MSG, fried chicken, seed oils. Wow. Okay. I say this because I'm not perfect. Everyone thinks I, like I had a worker um, at my old job. Like I went and got like fried, oh, I went to this like really good restaurant that has literally the best fried chicken in all of Charleston. It's so good. And they're like, oh, what'd you get? I'm like, fried chicken. She's like, what? And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I wouldn't think you eat fried chicken. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, you're so healthy. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but like that doesn't mean I don't, like enjoy food every once in a while enjoy some unhealthy food every once in a while and nothing against people that don't wouldn't do that hey nothing it's just like come on like i'm human right um okay so then how do i approach food number one uh i really only eat like two meals a day i also start off with my my morning with some type of like uh butter coconut oil coffee or tea um yeah so i wake up in the morning do my morning routine, have my water. I wait around an hour and a half to two hours after I wake to get caffeine in my body. That way my body can naturally produce cortisol and I'm not like hijacking that system to downregulate my natural cortisol. Um, I get up a big piece, big thing of coffee. I drink a lot of coffee, but it's not a lot of grounds. I put a lot of, I put a little grounds in a lot of water. That way I can use it as a vessel for my butter. Um, and MCT oil and I drink that and that usually will hold me off until like 2 p.m. and I typically will work out before that um, sometimes if I'm playing um, like sports or doing a workout and I feel like I need some energy I love Keon's um, which is Ben Greenfield's brand Keon K-I-O-N uh, they're amino acids little pills oh, I love them so good um, they taste like shit you can get the powdered form but I just bring the pills around with me everywhere and I can just chew them up and um, they hold me off. They give me energy. So that's what I do with that. Um, but I basically, as far as like what I eat, um, so I'll eat around like, you know, like two and then I'll eat around like six. Maybe I'll eat more like noon and then six. Sometimes if I eat too late, then I want to eat late again and that's not great. So what am I eating? Um, definitely prioritizing protein, uh, meaning animal proteins, um, whole foods. So steak, roasts, eggs, ground beef, ground lamb, ground pork. Um, that's about it. <laughs> Chicken sometimes. Um, and guys like it's so simple and fish, fish sometimes, but realistically, I don't really eat sardines. I don't like buying, I'll eat salmon every once in a while. Um, I'll eat salmon if it's, oh, okay. I'll, t I'll talk about it later about restaurants and what do I do there? Um, but that's it, guys. Like, it's so simple. Like, don't get me wrong. Food is an, if food's amazing. Like, everybody here knows, like, food is absolutely incredible. But I think that if you, if you use, like, oh, well, I want to enjoy it. It's a social aspect. If you use that as an excuse to splurge and eat awful foods all the time or to not make foods because it's too complicated and then you just go get processed foods because it's easier, that's, you're you're not serving yourself okay like i personally think like you should keep like five to six seven eight meals that are simple to make that you can make and then like redo so like you can make like for, for me one is um ground beef eggs maple syrup and toast 
okay, I can, number one, I can cook the ground beef. Like the ground beef is kind of a limiting factor there. If I had to cook ground beef every time, that would be a lot of time. But if I cook ground beef once, I can keep it in the refrigerator, heat it up real quick, put up the eggs, make the toast, boom. It's literally done within 10 minutes. Um, and uh, prioritizing that protein because number one, that's we go back to the beginning of the conversation, that is the most satiating. That is number one, it has very high nutrients. It's not just protein. It's all these dense minerals, um, amino acids, vitamins, um, taurine, carnosine, um, tyrosine, uh, leucine, all these things that your body needs to thrive. Animal proteins do a really good job of giving that to you in a manner that you can digest well. Again, back to that nutrient bioavailability. Okay. Um, so those are the proteins. Uh, I use carbs more around workouts right now. I haven't been doing the best job. I've been eating a lot of sourdough bread, which is, and listen, nothing wrong with it. Number one, I'm not getting the best sourdough. I could be better. I'm getting like public sometimes and it doesn't honestly taste that good. I need to go to Trader Joe's and get theirs. Theirs is way better. Whatever they're doing, they're making great bread. Um, but I would probably rather do more fruit personally like i don't really enjoy a ton of fruit i would like if i had tons of cantaloupe i would eat fruit all the time i would eat the cantaloupe all the time and really good watermelon but like man the last couple times i've gotten fruit and watermelon like they're just like not great and i don't like that like because you don't know until you bring it back you can't like cut it open at the store um and like with (laughs) eggs and meat like you don't really get bad meat or you don't get like bad eggs you know what i mean um yeah uh, but I have been using rice, and I guess I could use more sweet potatoes and, and white potatoes if I wanted to. Cool fun fact with those those um, starches like rice and, and white potatoes. If you if you cool them after you make it, so you heat up the rice, right? You make the rice, and if you let it cool, and then you can heat it up again, or you can eat it cold, it doesn't matter. It becomes resistant starch, and it actually vastly reduces the blood sugar spike you'll have from that. So that's a cool one, white potatoes and rice. And I think other ones as well, um, non-resistant starch. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Then you know, with the, with the fats, um, so I kind of hit all the macronutrients here. Um, butter in my coffee, butter on eggs when I cook them. I save the fat from my ground beef, and I cook with that all the time too. Um, I buy beef tallow and lard from a company called Epic. They make really good ones that are everywhere. Um, I put coconut oil in my coffee and I put olive oil on my salad sometimes when I make those. Uh, yeah. Okay. And Sonic, so, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, I'm doing all right. I think it's getting at a good, honestly guys, like the, the only, I have a body type that I can gain and lose fat very easily. I'm also a lower body fat percentage so I can see it a lot better, the changes, but it really just comes down to like the, if I eat, if I'm eating junk food or not, it's hard for me to gain weight if I'm eating whole foods. And I think that's for most people, like just focus on these whole foods guys. And I know that you probably already know that. And okay, so how can I provide better guidance on that? Don't buy it. Um, it's hard too, because you get to the store and you're like, Oh, the damn ice cream cone. So you look so good. I'm hungry. Um, maybe eat before you go to the grocery store. That honestly makes a really big deal. Like, and everybody knows this, like when you're hungry at the grocery store, it's not, it's, you never, you never get out great. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and like, <sighs> pr- 
prioritizing protein, man. That could be my best advice. Like tons of eggs, tons of steak, tons of lamb, tons of bison, um, fish. God, if you want to eat the pre-protein, eat it. But like, if you feel okay, like if you don't feel okay from that, then don't eat that. Um, and for a lot of people, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of talk about this later, but let's just do it now. Uh, a lot of people that are vegetarian or vegan for some amount of time or don't eat a lot of meat, their body will downregulate uh, the amount of stomach acid and, and other digestive enzymes that's putting out that help you digest protein and animal fats because they are hard, they are hard to digest, um, but they also reap the most rewards. So it, the ROI on it is really good. But if you don't eat those often, your body will downregulate that. And then if you eat a bunch of it, it might bog you down. It might make your stomach a little heavy and um, not agree with you the most. The reason why is because you're putting 10 amounts of protein when your body is only used to three amounts of protein and it clogs up the system. So how do you get around that? Well, you can eat less more frequently or you can have get like um, digestive enzymes and hydrochloric, hydrochloric acid supplements. Um, and it works really well for people to kind of give them that buffer and help that digestion out. Um, so, th- um, and then also I wrote down some meal examples of things that I really enjoy, some delicious. Well, also I'll go before I even mention all this guys, <laughs> I've realized that a lot of people don't know how to like use spices. Um, personally, I have a massive spice collection. Not, I guess it's not really not massive. It's just the ones I like. And I make my own blend. So like I have a coffee spice rub. It has like ground coffee, paprika, onion powder, garlic powder, um, cumin, uh, cayenne pepper. Really, I think that's it. Um, then I have like an Italian one that has oregano, sage, thyme, basil, garlic powder, onion powder, uh, rosemary in it. And I use those a lot. My company, Nose to Tail, also sells tons of really good spices. Uh, and there's other ones out there that sell really good things. Buy those. Like, that's that's how you make food taste good, right? Like, my eggs aren't any different from your eggs. But if you learn how to cook them right and you know how to season them right with some good salt too, right? Like, that makes, that makes all the difference. Um, so beef, eggs, maple syrup, and toast. Fuego. Beef, eggs, hot sauce, and taco shells. Fuego, beef, eggs, and rice. Fuego. All right. It's simple, guys. It's not hard. All right. And I think that the less you, less you, the more you start to realize that the way that you're going to reach your diet goals is by making simple meals that you just stop complaining about. The quicker you'll get there. Um, I also really like Caesar salads that are really heavy on meat and cheese and dressing and a little bit of the lettuce. Um. I used to make a really good chicken parm with um, pork rinds, Parmesan cheese. Yeah, that was delicious. You can look at recipes for that. Taco bowls are, ta- taco bowls are really simple. I just take that heated up meat, throw some taco seasoning on there. Um, delicious chuck roast and veggies. I made. I went over in one of my clients' house and taught him how to cook, and he had some friends over afterwards, and I, he invited me to stay. And I made just chuck roast. Like literally all we did was um, – literally all we did was – I seasoned chuck roast, like with that Italian seasoning I mentioned earlier, let it marinate, just put it in a bag with that seasoning on it and a little olive oil overnight, put it, seared it on a pan, put it in a Dutch oven, which is just like a big pot that has a cover on it in an oven. You can just do it on a roasting pan too. Um, and then poured some beef broth in there to make sure it stayed moist. And literally like two and a half hours later, like it was perfect. 
um, and they loved it. So, yeah, that's how I eat. I'm not saying you have to have you eat how you eat, but I get people to ask me what I eat all the time. So that's that. Um, and I also eat, okay, uh, to talk about this, I also eat out a lot, but I won't eat the things I like to eat at home when I eat out. I'm never ordering a Caesar salad when I eat out because no one's going to make a Caesar salad as good as I can or the way I want. I don't order steaks when I go out because no one is going to make a steak as well as I want it. Okay? So I get things like salmon, things like I'm not going to buy. Um, fish. I like uh, seafood, oysters, um, you know, maybe like a pork chop, like things that like I just don't make often. So, yeah, that's how I eat out at restaurants. <laughs> um, okay, so now, how can you – this was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. So how do you optimize your diet? Diet Number one, I'm going to take a, a note from a – well, I have to get – hold on. Let me get a little drink real, real quick. So, um, from my friend Camille, her name on Instagram is Camille Julia, um, beyond becoming fully human is her website. It's really cool. I'd look her up. I'd follow her. Um, number one, like there is no such thing as bad food. There are bad relationships to food. Now we could say that there are some things of bad food, like industrial seed oils, very refined sugar, even an iffy there. But, like, in general terms, there's no such thing as a bad food. It's just your relationship to them can be bad, right? So, like, sugar isn't bad, but if you tend to overeat every time you eat sugar and then you gorge and then that relates to other destructive behaviors, then, yeah, sugar might be bad for you. But for some people, they lo- they can eat sugary foods and it doesn't, like, they can have a few and they're like, wow, oh, that was great. Thanks. I'm done now. Okay, so them it's really not a problem, and to you it's a problem. So is it the sugar, or is it your relationship with the sugar? And I implore you to look at that, and look at these different types of foods. Tortilla chips, ice cream, um, packaged baked goods, right? Like, what is your relationship to them? Where have you, where do you eat them? How how do you eat them? Do you eat them quick? Do you take your time? Um uh, kind of, and, and I kind of had some questions around like overweight and underweight people. Like if you're overweight, like wh- where do you, where do you go off your plan? Like where do you typically lose control? Is it around work and stress and not having enough time to meal prep? Okay. Let's just have an honest conversation around that and where you're actually not committing to your goals and what you said you were going to do. What emotions come up when you eat or you gorge, right? Oh, so, well, you know, like I was sitting down the other night and I was eating all these chips and I just couldn't stop. Okay, well, like what was going on in your head? Well, nothing. Well, what were you doing? Oh, I was just sitting on the couch watching TV. It's like, okay, well, like were you enjoying it? Like how do you feel about that now? Oh, I feel like a piece of shit. Okay. Well, let's dive more into that. Because um, food has to do with a lot of self-worth and, and food can be a really easy like scapegoat that people use to... Um, self-sabotage, you know, deal with shame and guilt and kind of push it off as, as like a reward system. Um, yeah. And then if you're underweight or you can't gain muscle, well, like what past stories do you have around food? Um, if you were coming up to me, I'd be like, yo, you need to eat more animal protein and you probably need to eat like some more of these like fruits and stuff like that and weight lift more. Oh, well, like animal protein is bad. Well, tough fucking luck. Who told you that? 
Oh, this person on the internet that you have no relationship to. Oh, your mom who, you know, X, Y, Z. Like if you're not willing to give up the lifestyle that caused you to get a certain way, then you're never going to get the results. You have to be willing to give up the past in order to accept a new future. Um, and yeah, food has a, like, it's one thing that I've learned is re- it's really, really, really hard to coach people in nutrition if they don't completely, absolutely trust you in your process. Because you have people that are like, man, I don't want to do keto. And I'm like, yo, we're not doing keto. We're just fucking limiting your carbs so your blood sugar isn't spiking all day. You told me it makes you feel like shit. Yet you keep eating carbs because somebody on the, on the on Instagram reels is like, oh, if someone tells you to avoid carbs, then you can't do that. Listen, carbs are for healthy people. You've been fucking gorging on carbs your entire goddamn life. You think you could go without them for a little bit, right? <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but like, be honest, right? Like all these people who talk shit on certain, oh, it's a diet, it's a diet. no. No, you fucking love stuffing your face with food. How's that feel? Oh, you don't like that? Oh, it makes you fucking 100 pounds overweight and you hate your life now and like all these negative things have happened? Cool. Well, why don't you try and fucking swinging on the other side a little bit, okay? Loving yourself. Letting letting yourself experience a little stress, a little bit of discomfort in order to get a goal, okay? That's a little bit more masculine than the feminine approach of like, you know, love yourself and you can eat any food and be healthy in any body size, right? It's a balance between the two. You're fat. You're not healthy, okay? Um, it isn't the patriarchy weighing down on you. It's your fucking food choices, okay? Uh, and I understand that. Listen, now I have empathy. Uh, you know, that got just, that, that just escalated, right? I have empathy for people that are really overweight. I, I really do. Um, because, man, that took a long time. I bet you've I bet you've tried a lot of solutions to try and get past it. Okay? But there's obviously something you haven't taken a fucking honest approach at. You haven't gone to the root cause. Right? It's a mindset, it's a habit. Okay? Um Yeah. And fuck, if you're 50 pounds overweight, you're not healthy, dude. You're swimming in you're swimming in fucking blood sugar and, and inflammation, okay? Stop kidding yourself. Lose some weight. Okay, you'll be healthy. Your knees will thank you. Your health, your fucking family will thank you because you'll live an extra 20, 30 years. Okay? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, like so many people get lost in... I, I, okay, back to my point. Coaching nutrition is hard because people aren't willing to give up their ideologies. Like even they... Matt, listen, I trust you. I want a body like you. I understand you're really smart around nutrition. I want to live a life like you. But I'm not willing to give up rice two times a day what what are you talking about why 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 do you need to eat rice oh well like oh well, you know i don't want to be keto because it can cause this, this, and this. it's like why don't why why you why'd you hire me in the first place then like like if you just were just gonna go off on your own tangent again right like what the fuck are you doing <sighs> okay so how can you improve your own approach to diet um number one and I think this is the biggest one. This should be the first step for the next five days. Write down every single thing you put in your mouth around how much. You can write down more specific with how much if you want to. But it's really not about how much. Um, just getting a general idea. You know, if you eat like one pack of ketchup versus 10, that's a big deal. 
Um, but if you eat like four ounces of chicken versus six ounces, that's not a big deal. Um, write down everything you put in your mouth. And then very importantly, the symptoms, the experiences, mental, emotional, physical, tired, sluggish, full, satisfied, energetic, um, poopy. Uh, write down exactly how you feel after those foods because they will tell you your body, um, this concept kind of called doctor diet, your body's relationship to what you put in your mouth and in your belly will tell you via symptoms how that is affecting you. Right? You should be full for three to four hours. You should have high energy. You shouldn't feel bogged down. You should feel good. You shouldn't have indigestion. You shouldn't be bloating. And if you're not experiencing those and you're experiencing the opposite of that, then there's something wrong. So you need to run the experiment on yourself. You need to add more animal protein. You need to take out some animal protein. You need to take out some carbs, add some carbs. You need to switch out bread for sweet potatoes. You need to switch out sweet potatoes for breads. Try different things. Try different food combinations to figure it out what is going on. For instance, okay, so let's say um, sometimes, sometimes, actually, no, I have noticed this a bit of uh, different types of sourdough, but we'll, we'll do different types of food. So let's say I eat my favorite meal. It's, um, remember, it's the, the maple syrup, the beef, the eggs, and the toast. And I feel really sluggish, which sometimes happens. Okay, what if I switched out that toast for rice? I don't get sluggish anymore. Weird. Okay, what if I switch out that toast for like, half of the toast still sluggish okay so it's definitely the toast that's doing it what if i don't eat the toast and just add a little bit more protein nothing no types of sluggishness wow or like rather energy crash it's not really sluggish it's kind of like it's a high than a low right um more of a crash uh wow that's interesting so maybe the carbs aren't doing me that great okay um this the, the you know the quickly the pulverized carbs that just fly through your system um yeah, and then just switching out different carb types, different protein types, fats, veggies, all that stuff. Um, and that's it, guys. So, yeah, that is nutrition. That is the one of the six uh, fundamental principles of health. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, you learned a little bit more about food. I would appreciate it uh, a lot if you guys tagged me on Instagram. If you just took a little screenshot of this episode, shared it. Um, yeah, it, it means the world to me that you would grace your followers with my presence. Um, yeah, if you thought you got value out of this, I would appreciate it. If I gave you value, give me a little value and just post on your Instagram story. Um, or Twitter or Snapchat, whatever the hell you use. Um, maybe you're not on Instagram. Maybe you just listen to this podcast. Cool. Uh, maybe send it to a friend or a family member or a coworker. That would actually mean the world to me um, because it means you liked it and you enjoyed it. So um, we're going to be doing a lot more. Uh, I don't know which one I'm going to do next. Maybe I'll do movement next. I like movement. Um, yeah, maybe we'll do movement next. So that's it, guys. Hopefully you all are having an amazing day. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Oh, my God, it's been 51 minutes. Whatever. Okay, have an amazing day, guys. Matt Kraboski, out.